You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Press the record button on the on the H six. We are recording on the H six. Should I question? Should I question him at this point, or just give up? Who, Guffy? Yeah, I always question. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> <laughs> we I need just, to... it's a, his mic was muted, so don't worry. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody can hear the, oh, the oh, okay. Here, how about this? You guys want a new producer? That's how you get it. <laughs> Well, I'm just I saying that next time we need a drug test. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Hey, I can pass any drug test in the world. <laughs> We're live. Oh, well, I hope so. Um, I see it right here on my screen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. I'm sharing it now. See, the thing is, back back in the old days, we used to start the live stream first and make sure that we had shared it, and then we would start on the on the little Those recorder. Were the, the olden days. But uh, it's okay. I'm not going to complain because he's free. <laughs> Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 180 of East Central India's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by co-host Cade Coger, producer Chris Guffey, and a permanent co-host, Dakota Davis. Permanent co-host. Today's episode features Josh, or Joshua, whatever you want to call him, Gideon. He has the most biblical name in the history of names. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking to him about uh, some things that are going on in the uh, IT field, which is where... Josh works and is also an expert, but he is an expert in all fields of security, physical security, uh, firearms training, you name it. He's the guy to go to. We're going to be talking to him about uh, what you can do to increase security in your uh, private institutions like churches and places. He even wrote a book called uh, Praying Safe, which is the professional approach to protecting faith communities. And then we will be talking to him about uh, Notre Dame. And WikiLeaks and Julian Assange, and then, of course, the city of Newcastle and the future of the Castle Theater. So make sure you stick around to the end to hear some local news. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make sure that you think as individuals. Sometimes we will provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. Hopefully you'll always learn something new. We promise to try to make it fun. We're going to have fun, and uh, some, sometimes fun. sometimes you're going to be pissed at us, but we're going to have a good time. <laughs> but that's the point. This is uh, sometimes it gets a little uncomfortable. Tonight I'm going to have some stuff about Notre Dame that uh, Dakota and I disagree on. So that's right. Brace for awkwardness. <laughs> well, so it's, I think that I'm going to get called out. I think I'm going to make some people hate me by my from my opinions, but yeah. we'll get there eventually. Welcome to. Welcome to, oh man, you screwed that up. It's, uh, it's been a train wreck. It's going to be, it's going to be edgy tonight. So we showed up. We, we started so late, but luckily tomorrow's Good Friday. And as Good Friday has historically always done, it saves the day. Uh, this was a much less significant save than the first Good Friday, though, I think. Uh, it, it is just our podcast, but to us, our podcast is the world, which is what the good, first Good Friday saved. So, uh, we're here now. We are scatterbrained, and it's going to be a great show. It's about a thousand degrees in here. Somebody left the heat on. Uh, it's very toasty. I wore a long sleeve shirt because I'm used to it being 42 <laughs> degrees in here. Um, we came in, and y'all recorded a commercial on uh, on Sunday. 
a commercial. The, yeah. Uh, the studio, the studio was still set up for that. Um, and then the, uh, the laptop all of a sudden developed a chirp. So we were on an emergency back to backup laptop. Uh, and then we couldn't get the, the Mevo to work. Desk. And then the Mevo was broken. Uh, so yes, I, I appreciate all of the texts and calls. We are alive. We are okay. Uh, we really know that you guys care about us and listen to us because you start contacting us when we don't make it on the air on time. Uh, but the, uh, the clock is, uh, the clock's ours. We're really? on the internet. It just shows you care. <laughs> <laughs> you got some Patreon thank yous, Dakota? I do. We need to thank uh, all of the Patreon members who subscribe at $50 or more a month. Get a personalized thank you from us every show. Those people are Chris Bilbrey, Brantley Spicer, Christy Avery, John Phillips, and of course, Craig DaCosta from all the way out in Hawaii. We also have uh, the Amazon wish list that's still going. On the Amazon wish list, you will find some new camera equipment, uh, things that we need to upgrade our camera, uh, our whole broadcasting system, really. Uh, some other miscellaneous equipment upgrades. The Amazon wish list is where we go whenever we have equipment needs. And uh, you guys have done an awesome job of chipping in for that. Uh, of course, we have the GoFundMe account that's set up for the camera equipment. And then the other way that you can uh, help support the show is we have a lot of uh, merchandise out there now. Uh, three different T-Chip stores, uh, tchip.com slash bhol one bhol 2 and bhol 3 Three different designs, long, long sleeve t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts, sweatshirts, the works. We got the whole works, ladies and gentlemen, and they are awesome. Let me tell you, we saw uh, Christy Avery got some t-shirts in, and she posted pictures of them on her Facebook page. They look awesome. Your mother-in-law bought a sweatshirt. She did, and I think I might have to buy a tank top. Do we offer a tank top that I can wear on the air? Because it is, <laughs> I'm going to cut the sleeves off this shirt in a second. We are getting to full redneck mode. We're going, we're going, Larry the Cable Guy. Here in a second. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about you, Josh. Uh, if you are a Patreon member, then you get access to our show notes, and there is a link to your LinkedIn that is uh, on your name. Um, went on your LinkedIn and it says all these great things about you, uh, being an expert in all these different fields, but you started out in, uh, just the information technology industry. What specifically did you get started in? Uh, well, I actually started out doing help desk work. Oh, uh, really? Basic help desk. And, nice. Uh, worked my way up to, uh, uh, networking, um, I guess I went from there to, uh, into the information security field. And uh, I've done a little bit of everything in that field, uh, including consulting. Um, and uh, uh, now I'm a, a manager of audit risk and compliance for a, a audit risk and compliance. Yeah. What, what does that mean? <laughs> boy, boy, that sounds sad. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my coworkers. <laughs> Just no. leave Maloney's He's auditing. <laughs> yeah. Now, basically I uh, look at uh, uh, other people's uh, uh, security implementations and tell them what they did wrong. So, so my laptop I have McAfee, <laughs> and then I also have NordVPN. What is my... You only have where, McAfee where, because you for president, right? That's you're, the only reason you have McAfee. <laughs> yeah. But you're running Windows, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to tell us we have to use Linux? No, no. no okay. No, no yeah. Um, yeah the, uh, well, Windows 10's come a long way. You feel it good? Really has, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I like it. It's also cheap. So, so should helps. we... Should we uh, should we only be working off of uh, 
uh, unplugged hard drives, uh, detached hard drives that aren't on, on networks at all. <laughs> so and the cloud, the cloud, the cloud is dangerous. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, we know. We choose convenience over paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, we go to great effort to broadcast ourselves every week. So at yeah. this, we want people to know what we're thinking. So right. hell, if you if you jump into our cloud and find uh, find the show notes, I guess you stole five bucks from us. Whatever. <laughs> the uh, so I don't know a whole lot about uh, bit. The way that the internet works, I know enough to be uh, dangerous and to sound stupid if I tried to talk about it. So, okay. the reason that I that I got the NordVPN, I have it on my uh, my wife's phone, my phone, and then my laptop. Uh, the re- the only reason I got it is I was listening to the Big Show. We are libertarians, and over there, did Harry 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 kept saying, "If you don't have a VPN, then you're an idiot." So it's like I don't want to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so don't you, I look, don't you need a VPN to tunnel somewhere? Like, is, what's, what's the difference? I think that what are you accomplishing with that? Um, it's a, basically the only thing I know, and Josh is going to correct me, I'm sure, is that it is the most private way to surf the internet because it hides your IP address from this from sites that are trying to collect data, right? right. Do you have to log into. Did Amazon? I get it right? Oh, awesome. Nice. Do you have to log into Amazon every time you use your phone, though. <laughs> no, I don't. Doesn't. doesn't well, then it's not hiding uh, everything. The yeah. only thing that I've noticed, like the downside of having the VPN going, because I have it running, uh, it automatically turns on as soon as I connect to the internet. Mm-hmm. And the only downside I've noticed is that my internet speed is probably only sixty percent of what it was. Right. Uh, it's also encrypting that traffic. Oh, okay. So it's just you're getting the added benefit of the encryption. So if mm-hmm. somebody's so if you're at a Wi-Fi hotspot at yeah, I don't know Cafe Royal or whatever, yeah. and, or in uh, downtown Newcastle after right. Newcastle Main Street gets done. Yeah, there you go, there you go. And somebody, <laughs> thank you, city of Newcastle. <laughs> and somebody puts, um, right. puts something on the network to be able to uh, what's called sniff the traffic or or be able to collect the the all your traffic that's going over the airwaves by having that VPN in place, your, all your traffic is going encrypted over the tunnel. So if they get anything, it's going to be encrypted traffic that they just can't do anything with. Look at that. And I feel so much safer. (laughs) I I do say Nord VPN. They have the, the thing set up. You buy three years of protection and it's like two ninety eight a month. Yeah. It's very super cheap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a family plan like Sirius XM? I don't know how many it? devices that I can stick on it. I think five. Hey, I think really? Five. I've only got three. We'll have to put it on that one. Hey, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> Guffy's the tag on to everything. He- <laughs> hey, I had to purchase my own HBO Go because nobody would give it to me. Danny, I'm looking at you. He just joined the live stream, too. <laughs> that was great timing. All right, so a um, little bit more about you, uh, Josh. You teach firearm safety classes as well? Yeah, occasionally. Um, is that is that why the other guys here, the your rival firearm safety instructor, is he here to pick on you? <laughs> Matt, Matt Pierce is oh, saying, oh, Matt, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no, no, Matt's a good instructor. Because <laughs> I, I go to the Matt Pierce school. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know there were more choices. You, know, you don't have to compliment him just because he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't hurt, he says. <laughs> no, um, you know, I... Uh, uh, I was doing firearms instructing for a while. Um, uh, I, I still do, but it, it's not typically local here. Um, it's uh, generally private classes. Uh, most most of the time, it's out of state. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you're traveling. You're in high demand for firearm safety. 
Now, yeah. next, I don't, uh, if you want to break the news now, you can. A, but next week, the president and vice president are coming to the NRA. Are you going to do any firearms training with them? Uh, uh, no. They haven't, no, they haven't I, asked I, you yet? I, I will be at the NRA show. Yeah. Um, I will be at uh, two different booths uh, signing uh, books with my co-author. So um, uh, the uh, uh, Evolve uh, Range Solutions, which is VRA yes. down mm-hmm. here, uh, will be in their booth. Um, we'll also be in the iMarksman booth. Uh, signing and signing what's the books. what's the name of your book again uh praying safe praying safe and how do people get your book if they want it uh amazon amazon best, best place to, to you don't go. have don't you support local businesses it's not in any local bookstores at all I, I, my <laughs> god don't you love this town <laughs> it, it's <laughs> you can drop some off at lnk produce we'll, we'll stock them for you. <laughs> it's a barnes and noble in carmel if you want oh, to go nice. all right so very cool and uh, i suppose if you uh if you if you buy it at uh, Ed Ellen K, we can find a way to get it signed for you as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By, well, we uh, didn't. We didn't have the idea of having pu- a, buy a hundred pounds of cucumber. Get a book free. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have the idea of hosting a book signing here until uh, what, like two days ago. Otherwise, we would have done it for you too. So sorry, Patreon members. You're just going to have to uh, go to Ellen K Farms and get the book and buy <laughs> those 20 pounds of cucumbers. <laughs> hundred. Uh, this 100? is this. I guess this is the commercial for the uh, for the those of you that are not yet in the Patreon. Uh, we made an announcement in the Patreon feed today, and uh, it was rolled out to those folks. But uh, our show on uh, is it May uh, May eighth May May 2nd. the second May the Thursday, second May show. 2nd. Eric Schonsberg, the uh, IU Southeast professor of economics. Uh, is going to be on the program, and we're going to open up the doors for anybody that is a Patreon member at that point. So if you've been thinking about joining and, hey, I just don't know what to get out of it, uh, join us any level, preferably five bucks or more, so it's worth your time. But uh, it really could go in there for a dollar, and we'll let you show up. Uh, and, and Eric will come by. We'll take care of his book for you. We'll we'll give you a copy of whatever book he, you want that he brought in his collection. Uh, we'll get it signed. You'll get to meet him, and uh, we'll have a fun night. So we'll have a, kind of an open house here. You guys can watch the show. Uh, and uh, and check that out. So uh, go sign up, join the Patreon uh, today, patreon.com slash boss hogger liberty, and we'll get you hooked up. And we're talking about some other fun content as well. So uh, if you've been kicking around the idea of uh, of joining, we're not making any promises, but uh, some things we've talked about, or maybe some promotional items, uh, maybe a calendar. Uh, Kate is already really, really pushing to be Mr. June. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> they may have to wrestle for it, but uh, we're talking about maybe doing an eighteen-month calendar uh, and uh, and some other uh, some other fun ideas too. So um, join that. You're not there yet. Get in. Make it happen. So, Josh, the name of the book is "Praying Safe: The mm-hmm. Professional Approach to uh, Protecting Faith Communities." Right. Um, go a little bit more in depth about uh, what you guys wrote about. Okay, yeah. So uh, my co-author, uh, his name is Grant Cunningham, and uh, he is a very experienced author uh, and uh, an expert with revolvers. Okay. Uh, so he's been doing revolver stuff for, for many years now, and um, he uh, he's written, uh, I don't even know how many books uh, on the topic. But um, so he seasoned author, and uh, we uh, started chatting one day, and um, – started talking about uh, you know some of the church security s- stuff that we had both done um, uh, he's uh, he's Jewish I'm Christian uh, so we decided we either had uh, this the start of a really good stand-up routine um, <laughs> or uh, we could write a book so after a lot of persuasion we uh, we wrote the book so 
Cool. But um, how long has it been out? Is it just it, uh, last since year? December. So? so it's brand new. Yeah. Yep. Fairly new. Very exciting. And you're on the Courier Times bestseller list, I heard. <laughs> uh, kind of funny you mentioned that. We were actually on the uh, Amazon uh, uh, bestseller list for our category. Were you? Uh, yeah, for, um, let's see, we were uh, number one new selling book uh, in uh, religion. And um, then, um, uh, I don't know, we had a few others that... That we hit on that. So a list you of won all the awards. That, that is actually really neat. That's, yeah, it's very, it's very cool. impressive. So, you were also a personal hero of Cade's. We found out yeah, in well, the in the planning chat. Oh, wow, wow! Yeah, I didn't cool. see that on so, your LinkedIn. But. Well, you know, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think so, Cade's just your agent. He gets ten no, percent. Yeah, I took my very first firearms class with Josh. Really? He, yeah, he start he he threw me into the world of firearms training and that's that's where I got my start. So Jade has him to blame for all of the money spent. Jade she was there too. To me. <laughs> <laughs> she took that class too. Yes, she did. Yeah. 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 But uh it also says you do some consulting work for for places of worship. So yeah. what's that mean? Okay, so yeah, so uh, in, in conjunction with the book, we um uh one of the things that Grant and I found was that we um uh everybody just wants to do active shooter training. Right. Um, yet when you look at the possibility of problems that could occur within your places of worship, um, it's, it's all across the board. You're probably more likely to have a medical issue than you are uh, a guy coming in with a machine gun. Right. (laughs) Right. The violence is people talk about it, but it's, it's much less common. Right. What happened in New Zealand is a, hopefully a once a generation thing. Right. Right. So, so what we do is we, um, uh, we take a risk management approach, um, uh, something that we, uh, that's very common in corporate America, corporate security. Um, we have taken that and shaped it so that it will work for, uh, places of worship, um, uh, and, and not specifically Christian places of worship. Uh, that's one of the things that we found was that, uh, most of the books out there are focused on, Either a particular religion, yeah. or or the author's experience in the two or three churches that they've been involved with, and uh, so what we wanted to do was come up with with something that it will work uh, no matter what scale uh, the church or, or synagogue or mosque or whatever is, um, uh, and uh, and work within their uh, the constraints of their traditions, their uh, you know. It, the members' uh, attitudes towards uh, security and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, sure. What? Uh, so, okay. Let, let, mm-hmm. Just in theory, the first one that comes to mind with in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that listen nationally, we're the uh, the home place of the Quakers, which are a pacifist sure. group. Right. So, w- if you're looking at somebody like the Quakers, what mm-hmm. uh, what kind of security measures are you putting in place? Well, um, so. <laughs> they're probably the most challenging, right? Right. Uh, because of their <laughs> their pacifist views. Um, you know, I, I've had some discussions with with people that uh, do have a, a more pacifist view, and um, I, you know, I, I think you can still find some sort of a compromise. Yeah, you know, they may not have armed security uh, in their in their place of worship, but maybe they uh, maybe they do. Um, maybe they are okay with having uh, uh, armed security, you know, on the premises that they hire. Maybe right. they have, uh, you know. You know, whatever. Uh, you know, I I've even gone so far as to uh, 
uh, tell them, okay, so uh, if you if if you really truly believe that your faith is the thing that's going to protect you, um, let's put a plan together that's based on that. You know, are, do you have plans for praying about this? You know, do you have uh, you know other uh, you know uh, whatever if you believe in fasting if you believe you know what are right. you doing to help you know, ensure that yeah right. uh, you know, that, that's a little bit on the extreme side uh, so well I don't know if you know who John Piper is uh, he's a reformed theologian a Christian yeah. theologian and he he has I've heard him make the argument before um, that he doesn't have a firearm because he believes that. If a man breaks into his home, mm-hmm. then John Piper says, I know where I'm going when I die, but obviously this man is troubled. And how selfish of me to be so uh, confident in my faith and my afterlife to take that man's life. Uh, well, that's yeah. an approach, but yeah, uh, it's, that's a- <laughs> I don't take that approach, but I think it's, I don't know. It's almost, you you can't help but look at it and be like, pretty honorable really like to have to be uh, i mean that's a lot of faith that he's carrying around on his shoulders there's really kind of a scale to it like you don't you don't have to be john wick you know right to be able to protect yourself or your congregation right. but you can go a long way with prevention methods as far right. as making yourself a hard target right make your make yourself harder to kill yeah yeah dogs moats <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have but to. you said simply locking the doors. Yeah, hiring yeah. a PSD. So I was that another thing I was going to ask you is what your number one. Uh, so a church calls you and they say, I, "We want some security tips, but we don't have any money. So just give me your number one recommendation." Mm. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so you see these things all the time. You see these top ten lists of you know yeah. do these top ten things in your. Kate, Kate sent me one today, secure. and it, the second one was try to uh, buy homeowners insurance or something. It was it was <laughs> a click ad. Sure. I was tricked. Yeah, my information is obviously being sold somewhere. <laughs> this whole week, I've I've been I've been playing Mister Handyman at my house, and I had this ad come across Facebook about. Homeowners and top ten things to do in the spring. Get you a VPN, dude. Yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> I got, I'm getting zucked over here. So, uh, so I kind of shy away from those, uh, uh, you know, general, you know, do this one thing. Um, it's a custom plan for. Yeah, it really, it has to be. Uh, every church that I've gone into and consulted with has, is unique, is different. Um, there's something, uh, you know. Uh, the members react differently to certain things. Um, I, uh, one thing that we found, um, just going in and calling something a security, a group, a security team is an immediate turnoff for most places. Mm-hmm. Now, if I change that, same people, same purpose, everything, but I call them a safety team, boom, the attitude changes instantly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it turns turns up. And it turns I can down. see that. Yeah. What about uh, say old French churches and fire protection? <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, it is kind of interesting. Um, you know the. Uh, do you want to get into that? Or uh, yeah, well, it's, like, yeah. to, it's, it's all part of developing yeah. that plan, right? Right. No, right, it, absolutely. It's not just active shooter plans, like you said. Yeah. It's any emergency. Right. Fire. Fire safety issues. Um, you know your. Uh, yeah, you know, we've got uh, 
uh, one of the things we talk about is um, churches are are now uh, first line defense for mental health issues. Uh, you know, a, a majority of people with mental health issues they go to a church first, right? Um, you know, that puts them at a great risk. What plans do they have in place to deal with someone who, you know, is beyond their capability of dealing with? Right. Um, someone who might be right on their, the, the hinges almost popped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We say, you know, we say that with many of the cultural ills that we have go to a church, right? Whether it's a drug addiction or, Right. mental health issue and then it's a question of okay is it just a, a regular guy or does somebody have actual training or is prepared to deal with the issues that are coming there so as a security expert that's consulting for them you've got to probably make and that goes back to the custom side of sure are they you know big enough and scaled up enough that they can deal with it or is it a very basic you know it's a it's a lay pastor kind of a deal right right so, you know, one of the things we do is we, uh, we look at, uh, you know, if there's one thing that I would tell them to do is put a risk assessment together. Um, now that's not an easy, you know, once. So what you do is you, you take your members list and you force rank them by who's craziest. And then- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things we, uh, we, uh, there's actually, um, uh, uh, something we have not found in any other book on this. Uh, I use uh, a term called uh, target-based risk assessment. All right. Um, and what we do is uh, <laughs> um, we actually identify all the potential targets um, within the place of worship, and then we build off of that. So, uh, you know, starting with the, you know people, but that's that's too general. So now, now we get into specifics, you know, so we have different groups of people. We have, you know, maybe children in a Bible class. We've got, you know, uh, leadership, church leadership, um, you know, and we start assessing the risk based on those groups of people, you know, which one you know, right. could be higher, you know, what, and then we start looking at, you know, okay, so there, these are all potential targets. Are there any threats against them? You know, what are the potential threats that, that we um, you know, towards, uh, you know, a parent, uh, divorced parent coming in, taking the child from the Bible class, you know, kind of right. issue. And so we start building that until we get a list of scenarios. We also do a risk score. Um, we, uh, uh, in the book, we talk about uh, what's called, called a quantitative risk assessment. Um, it's not your little color code things that you see in a lot of the little templates that you download and stuff like that. Yeah. But we're, we're talking about having justification for the numbers that we're putting in place. Okay. Um, when we do that risk calculation, we have justification for that. So if we ever go to court uh, or are scrutinized over it, we can actually have something that links back. We have justification for what we're doing. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so someone, uh, Someone in a church, mm-hmm. they want, they, they want, they're listening to this right now and they, they're like, uh, my church needs this. Mm-hmm. How do they get a hold of you for this, uh, for the risk assessment? Okay. Um, well, uh, I do workshops. Um, I'm actually doing one at VRA, um, here in, uh, uh, it's the Monday, Tuesday after the NRA show. Okay. Um, so the first and, is first and second of May? Yeah. I think yeah. that's something. God, something I've got a calendar like in my head. I feel so um, skilled. 
<laughs> yeah, Matt says 29th, 30th. <laughs> it's the last day, yeah, yeah, the last two days of, yeah. uh, of the month. We had a I'm just going to show up, We so. could peek into it and see. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I've, uh, I, I do that. I've done workshops in Illinois, um, Ohio, uh, kind of uh, basically within driving distance. I can also work with individuals, uh, like individual churches, if they want me to come in and work with them specifically on putting that infrastructure in place. Um, and uh, they can find me on my website, uh, nosofttargets.com. All right. Nosofttargets.com. Oh, very cool. We will leave that portion there. Um, and we will p- gently pivot. This is when we don't have a good transition, we just say gently pivot, <laughs> uh, which is just me just and then taking we, the bus and crashing and then, it we, and turning. then we point out the fact that we didn't have a smooth transition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Studies have shown it works better this way. Then we give it a whole minute to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a formula. Don't screw it up, Cade. Uh, <laughs> so Notre Dame is a school in South Bend. Notre Dame is the uh, the church in in uh, in France. Uh, and we're going to use this interchangeably because we live in Indiana. Um, yeah. Tuesday's episode of We're Libertarians. I got crushed by Chris Spengel, our dear leader and our syndicator. Uh, but Sarah Brady Wagner and Harry Price took my side. Uh, we've been talking about this fire and there's, and Dakota and I think, I think are on separate sides unless he's finally come back around. <sighs> I, I don't think so. I think so. Basically, yes, it sucks, right? A, a very historic facility burnt and that's sad. Church. A building, a church, a, a facility. My, my contention is, is the church is the people, right? Okay, sure. Yeah. Nobody died. Right. Like, zero deaths. So I think one, one firefighter got injured. Okay, but nobody's dead, right? <laughs> like uh, overall, this isn't like people are comparing it to nine eleven and other you know right. terrible tra- tragic sure. things. Sure, when it's happening, you don't know if it's terrorism. You don't know if it's it was, it was apparently it was an ongoing construction site. So it sounds like at this point, at least, that it was probably. A I don't know that problem. they know that yet. Suspected. They there's no. Yeah. I don't think there's right. a guarantee of anything. They're there still was, investigating. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And even as of today, there was some speculation that uh, there's rumors that the workers weren't even there yet. Yeah. Well, and yeah. they uh, trust they, me. They reportedly, it saw, doesn't take somebody being on site for construction yeah, which, to go terribly yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, also as of uh, today, uh, the, it's looking like the fire may have started in two locations. Oh wow! So. We will see. I, for, looking less like an accident as of now. Don't forget that there was an intentional church fire set in March. Yes. In 112 yes. different churches in, yes. in all of France have been vandalized, whether it be from arson, uh, destruction of property, in other forms. So, it's 875 a, in 2018. Wow. Wow. So what I will say is, yes, if it's criminal, terrible, prosecute. Mm-hmm. But nobody died, right? And the, right. and the, and there are been a tremendous amount of people in the last couple of days that have have found an opportunity to um, to to mention how they've gone to France and <laughs> how they're much more well they've toured much more than I have <laughs> and it's been a chance to share their selfie from 2013, right? Yeah, I went. Um, but more than anything else, to me, it's I feel like it, it can be rebuilt, right? So oh, I mean. You know, we had uh, our Catholic church here in town burnt in a, a natural right. causes 15 years ago or whatever, right. and it was rebuilt. Oh, I forgot about uh, that. Yeah, the St. Anne's Catholic Church. It was arson. Uh, okay, well, whatever. But it's rebuilt, right? No, it's, Look at Jeremiah. He's just... Uh, you have changed your tone. I haven't changed my tone. No. Uh, the day that the fire happened, you said, it's a damn building. It, and that's the point, right? <laughs> it is a building. 
Uh, it's not the people. It's an it, it's is a it, is historically it a hist- important building. It's a historic building. Yes, it, it's an economic, uh, economically significant building for that area. And yeah. all of all of the people there will be fine as it's rebuilt. I, you know, in the libertarian world, we look at this and say, "Hey, somebody threw a rock through a window." I guess the economy was stimulated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul Krugman. Um, it, my uh, you, my you can, anything can be rebuilt, right? Anything can be rebuilt with enough money. Enough that's time, where I'm differing. It, it can be rebuilt. I don't want them to rebuild. You just want it to be a, a shell of itself. I, I want them to make it safe, and I I want them to be able to clean it up, make it safe, and keep what is left, but not make an effort to try to rebuild, even if they tried to do an exact replica, because I think it's more of a. Uh, I mean, we tour. Um, old worn down castles throughout all of Europe. It's a reminder of what was and then what happens. Uh, it's a, it's like a memento mori or a, a morfati uh, type symbolism. So so the, you're, is the next thing you're going to do is rip, uh, compare it to the Corbett Museum in Bowling Green where you go look at the cars <laughs> and still down I don't, but I think it's totally different. I, and I don't think that we could ever do it justice by trying to bring it back by even especially with uh uh macron his comments of we will rebuild and it will be a reflection of our much more diverse modern society right with those comments i say definitely don't touch it so it's always been changing. The, the spire that's gone apparently is 150 years old. The building itself yeah. goes back 850 it, it's years or so. Always changed. But I, the, every every generation puts their mark on it. Yep. Because because people 800 years ago built it doesn't mean that modern modern architects can't take their shot at it. And hey, this is what it used to be. This is what it's going to be now. I read an interesting article that stated that there are no trees in France tall enough to build the same lumber that was used to build it really? back to its original state. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's really... Wow. Huh. Redwood, well, Redwoods in California. I don't know if that's tall. a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I, and I don't was, think it's necessarily there, good. There was another one where they said that um, the video game Assassin's Creed, that they could use the the laser... They've got full modeling that they did full for model, that. Yeah, the way they did, designed the game, that they could possibly use those designs. See, wow. I would feel more comfortable if they decided to do a total uh, replacement. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Well, the like building's it. not a total loss. They lost, I know. essentially they lost the. Uh, I mean the the glass is still there. The uh, the, the exterior walls Pretty are much still there. The basically, the basically the, the yeah. anything that was wooden in the structure is gone. Yeah, exactly. Or but damaged the, badly. I think that the biggest uh, thing that they found that was saved were the uh, the iconic rose windows. Uh, that of were, course, Cade's tattoo is after the Notre yes. Dame rose. <laughs> That's why we have him sitting where he is, so the people can't see it. Yeah. P and E with a butter knife, everybody. That's what I see. The uh, I was like I was told test. to wear a turtleneck tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. Just a one sided. That's what kind of rebel I am. <laughs> but the, yeah, the the rose, the stained glass, the rose window uh, or windows were both fine. Those are stained glass windows that are from the 13th century. Yeah, it's crazy. It's awesome. It, it's cultural significance, yes, right. I, I get that, but at the same time, every time something happens, and there's, it, it could happen at any point. We could have a hearth, earthquake, we have a tornado, things, mm-hmm. fires happen. That's you could life. lose a blade off a wind turbine. The the White House burnt at one point, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, these yep. things these things happen. Um, I I really get sad over sick kids, and you know that you know, and and death. It's a building. 
Like it's, yeah. I, this isn't, there are worse things that I've seen in my life and I'm going to see a whole lot worse in my life than this one. That, to your point on the, uh, you know, we did, there was no loss of life. You know, ultimately if you're putting a security plan in place, that's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. A, a burning a building can burn. That's okay. As long as we can save the life that's in it. Yep. So they're designed to do that's, that's the way that's I looked right. at it. They're sacrificial, aren't they? It's a building, right? <laughs> so, it, you know, it, from the, from the church side, it's like, and this is where I'm going to push the boundaries of, of pissing some people off. <laughs> it's not idol tree. You know, it's not an idol. It's not the golden fat oh, calf, right? Absolutely. It's a building. The church is the people, right? You know, whether it's the Catholic church, a Baptist church, or, you know, whatever right. denomination you're talking about, sure. you know, Christians are taught that when two or more are gathered or whatever, that's, that's the church, right? So the building is what it is. It's yeah. utilitarian. That's right. Like so catastrophes like that is where the strength of the church really shines, right. you know, rebuilding. Yeah. People can pitch back in and they'll rebuild it. Sure. It'll be okay. Sure. Uh, they've now surpassed over a billion yeah. euros yep. being ra- that have been raised. Most of that's come from a three, just three families, right? I yeah. Think one that, was Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, uh, um, I think that I read actually in an article today that said that the, that, um, well, okay. There needs to be some backstory to that. The 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 building itself, the cathedral itself, is uh, technically owned by the French government, mm-hmm. but because of France's 1905 separation of church and state that happened, um, it was no longer to be considered a religious building. Right? Yeah, I figured it out. <laughs> Dakota and I have been spent have spent the last two weeks looking at this going. What the hell's going on with the screen? We just figured out every time somebody has a like or a, an emoticon of some sort. Mark Sean Orr it's says failing. it's just a building. And yeah. yeah. I agree with is. you, Mark. It is a very culturally significant building, and it's and it was a sad day that it burned. Uh, it is sad, but we didn't lose any lives and time marches on. I don't think and we we're can rebuild it. about that. I don't I don't know that I want it rebuilt still. All right, we can argue over that. <laughs> Let's <laughs> hash it out. At least everybody's still alive to <laughs> argue over it. Yeah. But I think that they are going to rebuild, and if they if they do an exact replica, then like I said, that's I like that more. But it's ultimately not my country. I don't want Donald Trump. We should tweet it out that uh, it would be that uh, something about giving uh, federal aid to Paris to try to rebuild, and I am totally opposed to that idea. What other federal aid do you want to cut to replace that federal aid? Yeah, (laughs) you going to take money from Israel? But um, anyway, yeah. Take money from Israel to help rebuild the church. <laughs> I mean, they just landed wow. something on the moon, didn't they? The French? No, Israel. No, Israel. Or did that fail? Why do they need our aid if they just... They used our money to get it to the moon. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> just like all of Israel's defense spending and any kind of weapon spending comes right. from the United Real States. Quick rapid fire <laughs> anyway. the, uh, Real quick rapid fire around the room. Am I a dick? Cade? No. Guffy? Nah, not really. Josh? Dakota. No, you softened your tone today. You're way more harsh than a group stupid chat when no one was listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It's the same message. You no, guys, totally you guys, different. You the said, same message. He was it, never on Ari Shafir's level. It's, <laughs> it wasn't at that level. It's the same message. But we never a, would have heard you say that it was a sad day. Well, I did say that. I, it was my preface before, and then we got into the argument. But it's mm-hmm. it's idolatry. It's a it's, it's like a false idol. That's what I see. That's the way I see people people reacting to it. So we'll move on. 
Julian Assange, uh, we, we talked about this last week a little bit. It happened the yeah. day we, we, uh, we did the show, and it was already, that was already baked in, so we weren't going to change anything. But uh, Julian Assange was, uh, was arrested in Europe. Big week in Europe. We don't normally co- uh, cover Europe news, but that's all we're doing <laughs> over here. Um, Local stories, international impact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Ecuadorians uh, said, yeah, w- we need a loan from the IMF. And next thing you know, uh, no, we don't need you anymore. And they go in, they arrest him, and he's coming back to the U.S. Uh, so Trump called him a hero before and indicated maybe he would pardon the guy. Uh, so here, rubber's going to meet the road in a minute. But yes. now Trump's acting like he's never even heard of WikiLeaks. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? What's this WikiLeaks? <laughs> never heard of her. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, she, since, she was caught with Robert Kraft in Florida. WikiLeaks. <laughs> <laughs> since everybody knows that Julian Assange was arrested, uh, I figured that instead of just talking about that, uh, we might give a breakdown and kind of a timeline of of WikiLeaks and Assange himself and kind of talk about the history of it leading up to his arrest. So I have a whole timeline. So this is, this is something that he's been in hiding for about seven years. So it's seven kind years. Of, the public consciousness has kind of forgotten, well, one, that he exists or who he is, and two, why he mattered to the American He, he grew a pretty good beard and... Well, actually, a pretty weak beard for so, seven years. It was a David Letterman beard. Just the was, perspective yeah. of it being seven years in the yeah. same embassy. He's not left. That's just mind-blowing to me. Isn't that crazy? He had to have been feeling like Gollum, like just in there. <laughs> I, have it, I have it pictured like staying in my college dorm for seven years. Nope. I'm just thinking Couldn't Netflix, <laughs> would you rather some do, beer. Would you rather do prison? Guffy's <laughs> <laughs> over here like, not that bad. Guffy's like, ah, this is pretty spacious. <laughs> it probably would be. I'd probably have to like be like, get this couch out of here. This is and too much. He didn't, he didn't have internet access either, did he? He did yeah. for a while. Uh, he did. Uh, the, for a little the, while? Pa- the last two years, he did not. Okay. They, uh, yeah, or no, no, just one year. Um, we'll get that to that in the timeline. <laughs> WikiLeaks was founded in 2008 by Julian Assange, and he uh, kind of built up. Started out with just himself, and he was. Uh, procuring some um, emails, documents, uh, some he was talking to people, getting information, and he's publishing them on the internet through WikiLeaks.com. And then he started his Twitter page and was able to and started posting links to his website through the Twitter, Twitter page and uh, <laughs> the Twitter page. <laughs> it's new. Look it up. <laughs> uh, in 2010. The Swedish police issued a warrant for his arrest, and it was based on sexual assault and rape charges. Two women came forward uh, alleging sexual assault. I've seen a couple different reports. One report said that the sexual assault was because both of them had slept with Assange and said that he gave them STDs but didn't tell them. And then another report that came later says they're rape charges. Okay, we'll get to that more in a, a minute. He takes asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy just from the sexual assault charges or the rape charges. And he uh, he's basically in there. He, he continues to run uh, WikiLeaks and keeps publishing things for seven years inside the Ecuadorian embassy. Uh, the arrest warrant is uh, rescinded the day after that it is issued, okay, from Sweden. It, the... Uh, that, I guess their equivalent of a attorney general says, nope, this is, we're not pressing or pursuing charges anymore. 
So he he's off scot free, but he doesn't know. He never know. He never learns that it was rescinded the day after because in 2010, when he was still in Ecuador, the charges get brought up against him for a second time. The rape charges, mm-hmm. same same exact from 2008. It, yeah, so it, it happens a second time, and he's continuing to uh, leak government documents for governments all over the world, most notably the United States, though. And he did some things that were very, very embarrassing to the uh, Clintons. Yes. Right. And so, Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State. Right. Yeah. The Iraq we, papers were about that time as well. This is, yeah. this is what led to the U.S. A lot of the international opinion of the U.S.'s dabbling in the Middle East in the last mm-hmm. 15 years mm-hmm. uh, being less than what we had said it was. Right. It was compromising. So over the course of these seven years, it's found out that um, the charges against Assange in Sweden – um, they were, were dropped and they went away. Were dropped, went away, and then are refiled six times, six different times from the Swedish government. But in two thousand, uh, I think actually it was two thousand sixteen, uh, the government of, uh, I think it was the European Union, brought charges against him. That's not in the show notes. But in two thousand seventeen, a year later, Jeff Sessions announces that the Justice Department is going to file charges against Assange. Um, because of uh, things that were brought against him that were found out after... Is this the tampering with government computer charges that he's facing now? That was found out through Chelsea Manning, the other government whistleblower. So uh, there's speculation that Manning is the one that that gave up Assange for asking for information and access to the government computers. We don't know that, though. Um, We probably could have found out in the, the... Mueller in the report. Mueller report, <laughs> but it was all redacted to today. So. Um, uh, anyway, good the, memes, though. Good memes. Yeah. Um, the Arrested Development one was my favorite. In uh, 2018, this is a this is an interesting little tidbit. Assange, his internet is cut in the Ecuadorian embassy, and he mm-hmm. decides to sue and file a lawsuit against the Ecuadorian government <laughs> as he's in their embassy <laughs> for violating his fundamental human rights. Right. And uh, of course, that case is dismissed. They say you're ridiculous. We've been letting you hide out and mooch off of us for the last seven years, as literally the entire world wants you dead. But uh, so that happens. And then all of a sudden, uh, we wake up one morning and we see a picture of Assange getting, and he's in the back of a police van and he's smiling and giving a thumbs up. So he's been and winking. He's been in London in the Ecuadorian right. embassy, right, hiding, and now he's being extradited back to the United States. Uh, I, I said the day that, that it happened, I thought, man, he should really go ahead and. Uh, and try to claim time served. That would be the first point. Because I already did seven <laughs> years, and you only have a five-year charge on me, and I've been sitting in the equivalent of prison. They probably wouldn't accept that, but that's what I would tr- start with. That would be my first negotiation. Right. And then I would start putting political pressure on, on Trump and, and saying, hey, you indicated you wanted to pardon me. Let's go. Right. And there's a very, you know, what's it? I've heard a number of people in the last week make the argument of what's the difference between him and a journalist. Right, they they leak government information all the time. Uh, yeah, but the the charges that are against him are a little bit different than that. Well, sure, the government they're, that that's pissed off at him is just you know, throwing <laughs> the they're picking whatever they want. But well, it's a five year charge. It's not right. It's the, not treason. The penal, well, yeah, but it it falls under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which is you know kind of a loose 
you know, uh, it's I, a catch-all, right? Or, or, yeah, yeah to some extent. But it, you know, Matt, it, Matt charges people that every time somebody steals a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, its intention is to try is for prosecuting hackers. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically and that, and what he did is arguably hacking. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, ob- obtaining, but the same the same crowd that is defending Snowden is the same crowd that's defending Assange. Are these guys heroes? Are they the Nathan Hale of our generation, or are they something else? Uh, I think that's I for one. And once again, our show is designed to provoke you and make you think for yourself. <laughs> you don't have to answer that question, but I sure. we're here to challenge you a little bit. I for one, I, I agree on both counts. I do think that what Assange was doing wasn't was and is incredibly important for transparency of the United States government, um, especially with the information that he did leak. Because if he had leaked information that was detrimental to the safety of the United States, then he could be charged with treason. Correct? Am I wrong in, in stating that, as far as you know or anybody knows? But I think that if what he had given out were... Uh, Top secret confidential documents that it, that could pose a direct threat to the lives and safety of American citizens, and it can be charged with treason. Ex- but because show me show me all of the Americans that died, exactly like all the all the so, people that were really that because were really harmed other than not, the political careers of some people. Um, because it's not, then he can only be charged uh, with conspiracy to attempt to hack a government computer, right? And, right. And I do uh, agree that he broke. The he law. tried to crack a password. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. He uh, he worked with uh, Chelsea Manning to get hashes, uh, and I, I don't know how the worst of the Manning get, brothers at yeah, quarterback. Yeah, Chelsea, <laughs> yeah, um, it, to get a piece of a password file to try to hack it to get password access to more yeah. sensitive document, uh, a more sensitive system. Yeah, allegedly, right. <laughs> well, I mean, they they have pretty solid evidence yeah, just, on that. Just, I mean, they have got chats back and forth and. You know, there's a lot of information on that already. Just playing a little bit of devil's advocate too. There was some information with the WikiLeaks that was released too that kind of identified some covert operations. Absolutely, um, some locations of people that were undercover that that oh. could have been that yeah that probably was, uh, were what? detrimental to actual human. Oh, life. oh yeah, we we. We no doubt had to extract people yeah. Uh, yeah. that were in covert. So I mean, if there were going to be, if there was something that was done or that was leaked that was I, actually, I, harmful. I do think that government needs to have this law in place. Yeah, because of those exactly. instances yeah. for sure. But do I think that Assange is? Do I think he's guilty? Yes, he's definitely guilty. He's of, guilty of, of free breaking speech. the law. He's a freedom fighter. <laughs> but I think that what he was doing was was important. That's where I stand. There but was, I think that he served his sentence by being holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy for seven years. There were some of on, that was on his own free penalty. That was on his own free will in the Ecuadorian. He, he could have come out and then just served five years in prison. And <laughs> That's then, true. Did he really have many options, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he, he could have gone to Russia. Out, but he had no idea what. He probably did know what they were what been they would end up charging site. him with. Yeah. They didn't they didn't figure out how to charge him for six years. Yeah, with the Clintons on the loose, right. he could have just offed himself twice in the head and <laughs> that's right. He could have been suicidal. He could have had a boating accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tragedy uh, honestly. Is, tragedy is plane went down on back on the way back. But they the did States. not find any evidence of uh him operating with Russia. And also, whenever he who who did he talk to? Um he gave an interview from the Ecuadorian embassy 
like through a webcam, and he he said, "I can tell you, it wasn't the Russians that leaked Hillary's emails." Oh, was that um uh oh shoot uh it was a Fox News guy. Yeah, it was uh, Hannity. Oh, he's on Hannity. Yeah, Hannity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't yeah. Alan Combs. Rest in peace. <laughs> ah. Too soon. <laughs> You you have just been the one to mess with this the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode. I'm commenting in the chat. I thought you were the co-host. You're supposed to be counting. I'm I'm making fun of my brother who's wanting to know why we're not talking about Russell Wilson's contract in the NHL playoffs. He tuned in for sports. Where the hell is Chase? That's what he wants. To Chase know. got fired. This isn't a sports place anymore. <laughs> Actually, if you look over Jeremiah's shoulder, you'll see a in-game used hockey stick. Oh, why'd you bring us a broken stick? That's pretty stupid. <laughs> we can't even use it. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's taped. <laughs> well, it was broken in game. So I had this to... is a Mario Lemieux. Uh, I don't know who's that is actually. It could be Mario Lemieux. Could it, be Wayne Gretzky. It could be anybody you want. It could be. be Gordy Howe. All right, Chris. Time to redeem yourself, though. Uh, I can't do that. That's impossible. <laughs> you went to the city council meeting as you usually do. On that's what you do. Uh, Monday nights at twice a month trying to prepare for when you're elected to office. Correct. I actually, I'm generally the first person there by at least 15 minutes. You're usually the first person here on Thursdays too. Today you let us down, but hey, usually. Hey. Yeah, we, was, were, uh, we were legitimately worried about your health. I was getting my hair cut by the one and only Angela. The, so, whole, hey. the whole crew here. The whole crew. That's our barber. Yep. That's true. What about you, Shout Matt? out to Angela. Do you go to Angela? No, Matt doesn't go to Angela. And Matt uses the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the local news. You went to the local city council meeting here in Newcastle, Indiana, and uh, there's been a lot of talk the past few weeks about the mm-hmm. old, uh, the old castle, cla- theater. castle theater. Yeah, and and again, nothing, nothing solid was brought up in the meeting. It's just, um. Lynn Purdue, I believe it was Lynn, did say that the city councilman, Lynn Purdue, city councilman, current Republican at large, currently, uh, I believe it was him that said that the main street is actually, or Newcastle downtown, as it's being referred to now, is actually going to own the Castle Theater. Right. But before that, the mayor said that he said we're going to buy the castle theater and then sell it is or something like that or rent it, lease it for like a dollar a dollar yeah. a year. no i'm talking about in the same meeting he said we're going to get the castle whether we get the stellar grant or not yeah those are his exact words so he's saying we're going to get it the city of newcastle we, we are going to get it never mind the fact that it's got to go up for sale regardless unless it goes on to a tax sale uh which it could i guess yeah for some reason, the, the taxes the are taxes up to date of, right now. It, the, for the, some the, reason, the taxes have like doubled last year. For some reason, yeah, we looked. The public records show the taxes on that building have gone from about $4,000 a year to $10,000 a year in the last year. Yeah. I don't know. I have not heard somebody explain why they've yeah. changed Thanks, or what's Trump. happened. Jeez. I, yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to pay for that extradition I, back from Sweden. To back I, think from that I, saw, I think that I saw that the building itself went from being assessed for like 114000 to like 340000 in the in one year. Why? I don't know. I guess uh, ha- having a monstrosity of a flood happen to your building just makes your value go through the roof. Unless, <laughs> the only way that I can think of them doing that is if they attach that building, if they're calling that building next to it that used to be the bridal shower. 
as part of the castle. Now. It's all the same parcel. Did they recently combine the parcels? I don't know. That yeah, I that I don't know. Does either. the mayor want to uh, get his grubby paws on both parcels? <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. We should that. ask him to be on the show. <laughs> we have. He turned us down <laughs> twice. There is an open door. Um, I don't know. It's. I, this doesn't feel like this feels like something that a lot of people are talking about. The council and the mayor are openly discussing what they'd like to see happen with the building, uh, and it sounds like they're all trying to guide it into being some sort of another public building. Um, but the ca- but the council didn't know like they were sidestruck. Like if two, you go- at their their meeting not this past week, but two weeks ago, they or two and a half weeks ago, they did seem to be very surprised by the talk of. Of wanting to have that be yeah. a public building, like they were, they were shocked that that was part of our stellar grant, which Jerry just mm-hmm. mentioned uh, that we are a top four. So the, the, the grants are a finalist. regional thing now. The stellar yeah. grant uh, it's for reg- uh, rural communities. Okra, the Office mm-hmm. of Rural Community Affairs, puts it out. Uh, Rushville uh, to our south wanted in 2016, uh, and now there there were a number of communities that applied, and Henry County is one of four finalists. I think last year two counties or two regions were awarded. Uh, so now down to kind of a 50, 50 shot on whether or not our community gets this grant. Yeah. So back to the original point, uh, two, two weeks ago, the council was kind of sidestruck when the mayor mentioned in one, there was three things that he wanted to do with the stellar grant and they were just kind of completely caught off guard by what I saw. And then there was some comments in our local paper, the courier times here. Um, and that, Caught Aaron Dickin for sure off surprise. He was he. He even mentioned that this that at this previous meeting that if he had known what the mayor was going to say and what his plans were, he would have voted completely. He, differently. Yeah, he would have voted differently. Exactly. So obviously, first things first. There's an obvious lack of communication between the administration at the mayor's office and the city council mm-hmm. that's currently sitting. That that is correct. Yeah, the three things were the so um, the Castle Theater. They want to save the brick road between the library and post, the office. post office. And then the third one, I I'm not really for sure. It's a regional no. thing, so I know the county has has some interest in the uh, if somebody in the expo in the, center. I know Knightstown is involved. A number of different communities and groups have come together, uh, but I don't know off, uh, what the wish list or the full wish list was for the city of Newcastle. But the castle was kind of the uh, the the one that folks have talked about the most in the last week or two. The mayor has talked about he wants it to be a, a event center, mm-hmm. and uh, so the mayor has these plans for it, right? But he's saying we're going to lease it to this private private entity that is Non-profit. now called Newcastle Downtown. Um, but my question- but the mayor still is saying that this is what's going to happen to it, even after they. Even after they take ownership of it? Yeah. So is now the mayor saying that he is directing what happens at Newcastle downtown? I don't know if it's exactly like that. But, and and something else that with with Newcastle downtown, and I love what they're doing with the downtown, and it's, you know, it's making us, the downtown look nice, um, welcoming to people. But, why did the city council give them $25,000 and then now we're finding out that possibly they want to purchase the castle theater. Right. So is that $25,000 that we gave them out of the riverboat money going to be used as a purchase for 
Do I mean, we basically I mean, just backhandedly buy the Castle Theater? I mean, do we have any that, oversight over that company? This is I mean, the risk that happens I mean, to private organizations when you start getting tied in and you start mixing money with federal, you know, not with federal, but any government organization, you start housing yourself in there is all of a sudden it brings these questions where all of a sudden you may not be doing anything wrong, but people start asking questions yeah. and it sounds impure, right? Right. It doesn't make sense. And now, now you have this weird boundary that you don't know where the city stops and the private group starts and it gets really messy and ugly and, and it's difficult for people to understand. Um, very difficult to understand. I, you know, the, the larger conversation, I think that, the city of Newcastle needs to start having with itself is how many of these buildings that are downtown do you want to have be government or nonprofit owned versus ones that are contributing to the tax base? Because right now that building is paying, I guess it's paying $10,000 a year into the County, uh, which is benefiting, you know, public safety schools, yada, 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 everything that we pay out of property tax dollars. So now you're going to start taking, taking that out because it's going to be controlled by a, by a private organization or it's, you know, leased to a 501 C three or owned by the town or owned by the city uh, or owned by a County. Uh, if you look at a map, you jump on beacon and you look at downtown Newcastle, Indiana, and you start looking at the property owners and seeing who owns the facilities down here. The map is turning more and more and more on the side of $0 paid, $0 paid, $0 paid. Need to have that conversation. Uh, and is and that it, what we want to do? And the thing and is, is this, if this can actually benefit, right? If this, right. if this facility can be profitable and be successful, like I know there's a nonprofit that runs the strand. The I think it's the strand theater in Shelbyville. Uh, and it's run by volunteers that do that every day, but or that, that are the ones that make it happen. But a private organization really needs to make that happen or it needs to be for profit. So they have an interest in doing it. I think it's Franklin. Uh, I know there's one in Franklin. I, I know that I went to one in, in Shelbyville recently as well. Okay. And I know Rushville with their stellar money uh, in 2016 took their old theater and it's the city hall and it's also a movie theater. Right. It's a multi-purpose building. Um, so there are things that have been done in the past, but right now it's very cloudy. And I, I think the larger conversation is, do we want this to be what cities are doing? You know, what the cities do. <laughs> is this right? You know, you've got, you're going to have an expo center. You've got a hotel that's being built. You've got an armory. You've got the Metropolitan Building a block away. You've got a number of public meeting spaces. How does this fit in? 1,400 plazas. 1,400 plazas yep. right there. There's a lot of nice facilities, but man, there's not that many of them that are privately owned. So are we just are they all going to be paid for by the property by taxes? <laughs> what are we going to do about our roads? How are we going to fix our roads? <laughs> Kurt, hold on a second. Kirsten Kronk. Just correctly guess Jeremiah's Myers Briggs personality type, <laughs> just based on his stance about Notre Dame. <laughs> why, did, how, why did it take Kirsten this long to type that out? We were talking about that an hour ago. It's hilarious. She correctly guessed it. Yes, it's an Ian, he's an ENTJ. Times. Yeah, that's hilarious. I love that. That's so funny. Sorry, I'm not so emotional about a building. The people lived. <laughs> uh, I'm not that emotional over the castle either, guys. It's, uh, on, uh, I just want to know why. Who's going to pay for it? And who's gonna the other thing about the other thing about the castle is that the mayor's having this conversation, and the mayor's saying we are going to acquire this building, and he's he's saying all this before any type of private entity gets to have a say in the conversation. It's like a short circuit, right? They don't, right. we don't even know if there's interest in the building. The building's never the, gone up for sale. The building could be leased. It's not available to purchase. It's owned by the, by a trust. And it sounds like there are negotiations taking place about over uh, the trust, yeah. uh, with the trust or involving the trust, but it's not on the street. It's not like you can ask to tour it and purchase the thing. 
Yep. So Dakota, you can't open your brewery in it because it's not available to you. Right. The city's the city seems to be jumping jumping in front of you. Yeah. They're going to pick and choose the winners. Yeah. Sounds like. It's a it's straight up cronyism, and I'm disappointed in the administration of Mayor Greg York for doing it. And I'm also disappointed that uh, no one has spoken up against it. I do want to sit, point out that uh, Aaron Dickin, a kudos to Aaron Dickin for being a, a good city councilman, and he uh, he brought up a lot of these concerns at the last meeting, a lot of really valid questions, um, and asked them to the mayor. Uh, some good points. I know it was. He said it was from an email from a constituent. Um, he did a he did a good job. He did a good job for sure. And he he questioned the the mayor. He even told the mayor right there in the meeting, "If I had known what you were going to say to the paper, I would have voted completely differently." And uh, that's the type of leadership that we're looking for in city councilmen. Someone who's not afraid to tell the mayor what he thinks. Because I mean, it's not even the mayor's meeting to run. The mayor runs the board of works meetings. The president of the city council is supposed to be running that meeting, not Greg York. So I, I think it's the, I think it's time for people to just have the discussion about about these buildings it, because right. Mike Broyles is in our chat and says, hey, unless there's a demand for the buildings, you're going to sit empty or the, five, the city or a five hundred one c three is going to have right. them, and that's the we've seen a number of buildings come down and and you know parking lots and other things come back in place and Mike and his group have have saved the building that we're in. We're downtown Newcastle, uh, and I. The, the conversation is, is okay, if there's not an economic base to, to save these buildings for them to be here, then they won't be here anymore. They're going to, they're going to end up failing like the, the building on the south, the west end of our courthouse is. That's probably not got a lot of life left in it because it's missing a side, uh, and the, the downtown decays. But that's a, that's a county building that's not getting taken care of. Um, you're going to have that. You've got a lot of county buildings that aren't being used at all right now. Uh, so either get them on a property tax rolls and get them out there in private hands, or they need to come down because they're just going to be a safety issue. Um, it's a real discussion to have. Um, and uh, there's not an easy answer. They've, they've been sitting empty for a long time, but uh, yeah. it's also, you know, if you, if you put a TIF in place and you do what Rob Kendall did in Brownsburg, where you, you create a TIF, people come in, they spend money in those communities, the things that they generate, they pump it back in. And everybody downtown says, "Hey, this is what I want to be a part of, and we're going to chip in, and we're going to we're going to bring back the downtown with with local tax dollars that are from the business owners and the the people that participate here." Then let's have that conversation, but let's not let's just not commit to a project on the front end, and then figure out how we're going to do it on the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and the, I think that's, that the, was, that's the thing that's getting short circuited. I think that it was Chris and I that were talking, and I I hadn't thought about it, like what well, we have just started kind of having a conversation. And I said, you know, I would have been okay if the uh, if uh, the Newcastle downtown, the nonprofit organization, wanted to buy the Castle Theater and do something in it. Like I'd be fine with that. But then uh, we just gave them twenty five thousand dollars of taxpayer money as well, exactly. right? So that's where it starts to cloud that line. Yeah. Right? So are am I okay with it? I don't think so. Not at this point, because then we just basically bought it for them. We gave them the money so that they could do it, that with it. Uh, it may the, really listen, the building may end up getting donated. I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, but even if you get a donated building, then it becomes who operates it. So, are, are, are you voluntarily doing it? Are you getting exactly. sponsorships? How 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 does the operations end on the back end? There's uh, a, the operations of it on the back. There's end. maintenance that needs to be done. Obviously, there it was horribly flooded uh, this past winter. Just recently, had a horrible flood inside of it. There's going to be the obvious problem of the electric bill, which. Uh, 
we know is pretty high around here just from our own experience in downtown buildings and you have any kind of other upkeep uh they want to level the floor inside of there that's going to take a whole lot of work who's going to be paying for that they want to redo the the uh, front of the building so it's who's paying for all this is my first question is it going to come from the $25,000 that we already gave them? Is the city going to give them more money? Is the city going to purchase it, do the renovation, and then try to lease it to them? But, I mean, how does this stand? There's no transparency I, in I this issue one, at all. I, for one, think they need to steal the Terre Haute Casino that's trying to happen and put a casino <laughs> <laughs> I think that it would be a great place for my friends down in Columbus, Indiana, to d- open up another location. That way, whenever they have a... 425 really north. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That way, whenever they have a release, like I'm going to tomorrow, I don't have to drive all the way to Columbus and have to wake up at 545 to get down there. (laughs) All right. One last thing I did to upset the world this week. I've had a knack for it. Uh, I was driving to work on Tuesday morning, and the uh, you, Guffy, you had attended a city council meeting Monday evening, mm-hmm. and there was discussion about uh, the city buying a hot a hot patch machine or a uh, a machine to be able to uh, to reuse uh, millings, I guess, and and turn it back into asphalt. Yeah. So what it was gonna, um, I believe Lee said that the demo version that they had was seventy seven thousand and some change or something like that. So and what it could do is so we could mill the roads. And then we would be able to use those millings and put them directly right back in and make our own hot mix. And then, then we wouldn't have to transport or go anywhere to get it. And also, it would reduce our cost of for a hot mix by 30%. And it lasts so much better than the cold mix. So, yeah, they've been doing cold patch and when asphalt plants are open. Uh, asphalt plants are typically only open from about April... Uh, through November, December or so. Yeah. They, they can't October, operate in, in cold temperatures. Um, so the nearest asphalt plant to us in Henry County is in uh, in western Delaware County, Daleville, Chester, Chesterfield area. Uh, so if the city wants to pick up hot mix asphalt uh, on some patching they're doing, they have an hour minimum round trip from leaving the city, driving up to Delaware County, getting it, coming back. They've got a couple guys in their trucks, so they're not working on the roads at that time. They're traveling all the way up there to pick it up. And um, without the the recently purchased hot box that we have, um, you have to use that hot patch in like within three, three and a half hours. Is what yeah, it's, got a, it's got a shelf life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we as a community have said no to an asphalt plant a number of times. There was a, in the last five years or so, there was a, a proposal by Milestone uh, contractors to locate down in, uh, in the I-70 State Road 3 area, uh, mm-hmm. and that wound up failing uh, in a commissioner's vote. It made it out of the planning commission, but the, it failed on a commissioner's side. Um, and I don't know where it is, but we have a 400-square-mile county, Yeah, right? We have we have to fail to find a place for this to work. We, we are bitching constantly as a community about roads that aren't paved, that aren't mm-hmm. right, that aren't working. Uh, but we have we only have one place to pull asphalt from. And it's not in our community. So when you advertise for bids and you want to get work, you're paying a premium. You're paying extra money mm-hmm. to go get that. Um, it's not good. It's not. It's not working. Uh, and I I made this post and it went far. A lot of people. A lot of people agreed with me, and then even more were really pissed at me, uh, which has been my knack this week. <laughs> um, but we got to have this conversation. Classic uh, ENTJ, Car- am I right, Kirsten? <laughs> <laughs> Carl has one on 96th Street. I was reminded of right. that. So if, two. Yeah, yeah. So Carmel has them, but we can't. We're too. We're apparently we're better than Carmel now. 
But they needed them for the roundabouts, right? I mean, that's the only, you have right. to have, a, you have as many roundabouts as they put in. I guess you got to have an asphalt yeah. plant close by. And their roads are great up there. <laughs> Hamilton County. They really are. Potholes. They are really pretty good. Yeah. I, I drove up yeah. there every day, man. It's they not are. a joke. They're pretty good roads. Yeah. But they're also in, under crippling debt, so at least we don't have that going on. We're just buying a theater for no reason. <laughs> and we don't even have asphalt to throw in the hole, level it out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, guys. It's it is what it is. It's the these are the conversations we need to have because we we just we're stuck in time. We're not going anywhere. Seems like we have the room to add something like that. Yeah. I think we had a commissioner agree. Yeah, Ed Tarantino weighed in. Yeah. New Commissioner Tarantino was uh, was on board with the plan. Yep. You gotta find a place for it. I don't know where it's at, and uh, I, Spangle, Spangle, Spangle picks on boomers constantly. Baby boomers, they're the problem. I, at this point, I think NIMBYs are the problem. Not in my backyard crew has made yeah. my hot list, and yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, but it's got to got to figure it out. Mike Royal says, "Yeah, it was put in when 96th Street was farmland. Yeah, but it still developed around it, right? Right. Stuff, stuff still happened. Um, it did not kill development completely, um, and I." Listen, is there a Michael place Cleveland for it? says, no. don't round about us to death because it's hard to get a truck around up in Hamilton County. Totally agree. <laughs> our next, I drive, our a, next I drive bucket about, trucks around all day. It sucks. Our next roundabout will be our first ones. roundabout. Woo. But there are truck routes, too. You've got options. Sure. It's yeah. not like you have to drive your, your, your truck through there. There are still truck routes. I like routes. them in my personal vehicles. Yeah. I do like roundabouts a lot after, you know, you got to figure out how they work first. And whenever... I and remember listen, being a young man driving Anderson. and running across my first roundabout and was like, don't know what this is, but and, I'm going to try. Here we go. Anderson at Scatterfield has, has a roundabout just off of Scatterfield over towards the Apple, the old Applewood Center. And that one, you could sit there and eat popcorn and watch people turn left into the thing. Oh, yeah. It is, it is rough. Uh, I've witnessed it with my own eyes. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it happens. Look at this guy going the wrong way. I'm trying to turn left. No, <laughs> I, it was my turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why is the stoplight missing? Oh, man. All right. Anyway, that's that's all I've got. That's it for the program portion of the show. It's like 9 o'clock, and we still have to do final thoughts. Yep. Did we... Did we did we pick all the scabs in the community off? <laughs> I think off? so. We've, gone, we've hit quite the list. You can, you can still join the Patreon and go uh, hear what we talked about beforehand. Picked on... Uh, a police force a little bit in Virginia. We picked on a police force. Now we've had an officer sitting with us the entire show, staring at us. I'm I'm somewhat concerned about what our future is this evening. We may end up with the Assange treatment. I don't know. All right. Final thoughts, um, Cade. All right. I, I got an honest question. All right. How many Canadian geese do you guys think you could fight off? <laughs> six. Hold you, on. You hold could on. make it six? If they were all, yeah. If they I were mean, all coming at you at asked me, you at one time or we, in we a go row? in in like two waves of I'm three talking prison rules. You make one mad, you make them all mad, and they all come out. Are they yeah. are they all full yeah. grown? Six. How big is the they're, flock? They're all full grown, full grown. They're <laughs> old enough to be in prison. Six. I've 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 choked chickens before, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I could just start, your hands are very start whacking them just from whack. Uh, from chicken choke. Grab him, just grab him by the head. Get, if I could just get him by their necks, I could win. I could win my way pretty pretty far. You could you so, could use the bodies of the other two to fight exactly, off the rest of them. Exactly. You and you and Levon That's twenty Gross, pounds you're swinging. You got or, some uh, Canada geese and nunchucks. I'm gonna going. wear out eventually, but come on. <laughs> 
Levon was saying that he thinks he could do it until uh, cardiovascular exhaustion. Yeah. He said he could go mm-hmm. all there, day. There are biological limits. Yeah. Um, I'm still saying six. I, do I get a pocket knife or anything? I think that, I think yeah. that I'd be trying to fight yeah, some off. If, if you carry a pocket weapons, knife daily, sure, yeah. I'll give it to you. you. Have, let me have a oh, pocket man. knife. Okay. Okay, oh. cool. Yeah. I Seven, can, then. I can... <laughs> <laughs> But apparently it's, I can it's go, nesting season. I can go a hundred. You could go a hundred. I could go a hundred. That is way out of the park of the numbers that I got. When stabby, I posted stabby. This on my yeah, I could do it. You could stab. Nah, have you seen me? You'd be what a <laughs> monster. <laughs> I'd just be. I'd be doing it for Spangles Glory. Uh, <laughs> thank you, dear leader. Uh, I, I think they, I could do it. I, listen, I'm born two miles from Canada. I've got Canadian uh, goose. I'm sorry, my, your dad my says they'll kick your ass. I could do it. They'll uh, fight back. They'll be mad. Yeah, and, but Paul's, I can. I can Paul's go. seen you fight, so I believe Paul. Uh, I, but I think you could. You could get. You could be going at a couple of them and uh, be really doing some damage, and then a few would start flying, and some would start coming at you from above. Some would be coming at you from below. Yeah, that's where it would get tough once they start. I'm just strategizing. Not, I'm not sure once they become self-aware. I don't know if they're I mean, sentient. What are we wearing to, to recognize psychological? <laughs> are, are, are you are you wearing a long sleeve shirt and, and you got a little protection? just what you wear every day? Like oh, tomorrow, wearing, if you were walking to your car, so you're you make your one khakis. of them mad. I'm wearing jeans and a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, and a hard hat. If with, you want to take my, your shirt my, off, you don't wear a hard hat every with day. With my chin strap that's in the car. Okay, let's just you have you have totally just lied. You, you are me, just like Greg York. Give okay? me my full. <laughs> give me my full PPE. I can do a hundred. All right. Give me if I'm driving down the road. I'm walking from my car. You said I'm walking from my car. I've got everything that's at my disposal in my car. No weapon. No guns. A hundred. Oh my I, god! I, I, if I if I we're could, going with our daily drivers, I I could make oh, give man. me my bucket truck. Right. Man, oh, I mean, that's right. <laughs> I got a jib. I just start hitting those babies in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up in the air. They can't reach me. <laughs> Well, moral of my question is Prison it's, rules. it's nesting season, so everybody be careful out there. Keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, if you see a goose egg, your crush it. That's what you're threat saying. Threat awareness should be through the roof this time of year for Canadian geese. Your dad is in the live chat, and he said, just go mess with the nest and find out. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me know when you do. We're going to have to take Amiibo's Amiibo. Going. We're going to have to take Amiibo for this. Yeah. <laughs> go down to Memorial Park around the Doughboy. Yeah, that's... This Boy, would be better will be, than the time will be an arrest. Kay choked me out six times. <laughs> Join the Patreon to see what that was about. All right. So yep. that, that was your final thought? That was my final thought. That's all I got. Goose shooting. Be very careful goose around fight. Canadian geese this time of year. What about you, Chris? Uh, Young Guffy? Let's do a... I, I want to do a quick finance update. Just quick, because the filing deadline's the 22nd. We currently know, including myself, six candidates' finance situation. And I have you got their tax returns, not their tax returns, <laughs> but their CFA like Bernie. <laughs> or I've asked them. And of the six, I am the top earner with uh, one thousand five hundred eighty-five dollars and some change. You've all outraised right. all six of them combined. All five combined, I, and a total of them is just north of four hundred. So yeah, I've almost quadrupled them. We're still waiting on Coger Peckinpah. Purdue, Mayor Greg York, and Brendan Greider. All right. Well, we will stay tuned. We I, I hear that you're the only. This this show is going to be the only media outlet that reports on. That's what I. Mm, that's what I was told. 
Unless uh, that, old Eldon Pitts at the Middletown News has some up his sleeve. You said the Courier Times didn't view it as news yet, not, not until the general election. That's what I, that's what I was informed. Man, of. that editor down there, I question his judgment. Fake news, sometimes. Travis. I guess I don't know. Guess we shouldn't say too much. He's, we're <laughs> trying to get him on for Tuesday. He's he so. joining Tuesday. <laughs> we're just poking the poking the bear. Well, Josh, uh, is this terrible? No, no. <laughs> so do I get final this thoughts? This is your too? chance for final yeah. thoughts. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, the calendar, um, it needs to be uh, 12 months of uh, Cade choking out, you know, of people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of, of the whole <laughs> cast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can yes, do sir. that. <laughs> Josh, I don't like that idea Volunteer at all. right now. April, April he's choking a, a goose. Yep, and then the other eleven months he's chosen. We'll go right person. down to Memorial Park and I'll snatch him. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure the DNR officer isn't there. Yeah, it's okay, sir. We have a permit. Yeah, I can, this just says I can do what I want. I'm sorry, this <laughs> started is, it. This is official media business. It's for a calendar. <laughs> Joe Young, look the other way. It's freedom of speech. I'm expressing myself. This is art. Self defense. What are you talking about? I was just walking here. It's an illegal alien. I don't know what the camera is admiring about. the doughboy in its new location. <laughs> Brant Spicer, twelve months of Cade choking people and animals. Shut up See? and take my money. It's already in it. <laughs> we it's already, already take in. your money, Brant. We want new people's money. We need to hire Josh as a full time consultant. I think. <laughs> I hope he works for Guffy Pay. Just, yeah. a, just he just gets paid in abuse. <laughs> We already have armed security here. I feel pretty safe. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's keeping my wife out of the room. It's uh, <laughs> that's what he's doing. She's messaging me saying, "Make him unlock it." Uh, <laughs> Dakota, final thoughts. Are you done, Josh? You have yeah. Anything I'm else? Right. yeah. Oh, okay. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. I think my final thoughts are: uh, we got kind of heated today, called Mayor York a liar. So <laughs> I want to say that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Joshua uh, Gideon. So, first the, of all, those get are, that out of the way. Those are not necessarily <laughs> the views of the Boss Hard Liberty or the Boss Hard Liberty Enterprises. Those are exclusively the views of Dakota Davis and the Davis right. household of Spiceland, yes. Indiana. Only I believe that Mayor York is a liar. <laughs> That's <here>? just me. <laughs> We're here to make you think. We're, we're here to provoke you now. Um, just Greg. No, only just, Greg. Just Greg. He can come yeah. on the show and defend himself. That's all I'm trying to do is looking out for us as an empire. You're going all Rob Kendall on him now. Yeah. It's, you, you, Rob That's Kendall right. versus Governor Holcomb, Dakota Davis versus Mayor York. That's what's happening. You're pulling I don't a, even live in the city, but bring it on. <laughs> I'm not pulling sure a Rob Kendall judge. So Yeah, you're picking, picking on Mike Pence. <laughs> Since I've been attacking an official that doesn't represent me directly, I think that I need to attack an official that uh, could represent me directly. Um, well, I guess he kind of does because he works for the county. Uh, that is our socialist friend, Darren Jacobs. Um, uh, we went and paid property taxes this year, first time in Spiceland. And, uh, Did he laugh when he took your check? No. I was informed. Uh, <laughs> I was given a letter. And you probably don't get the uh, senior citizen discount anymore in that house, do you? <laughs> I don't think so. There wasn't anything about a discount. I don't know. Anywho, they were more expensive than my lot in Newcastle, if you well, can, no can imagine. Uh, you moved into a palace. <laughs> Compared to that place. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anywho, uh, I was given a letter and a map and then informed that um, my property taxes will be raised by $25 next year because if... You're paying, you're paying for the uh, Spiceland Ordinance Enforcer or what? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, <laughs> not for you. <laughs> I'm paying for them to clean the the watershed, something like that. Well, quit pissing in the watershed. <laughs> the creek runs right next to my house. You're gonna pay 25 bucks a year. And listen, guess was, what? I'm gonna pay 30 bucks a month for the rest of my life for the what's happening. Do you in my get yard. a sticker for your car? <laughs> <laughs> I've been down there. I've been at our creek, and I've been taking pictures of it with my new camera. Uh, and it looks clean to me. Did you drink the water? I didn't. Why don't you and Darren Jacobs do a photo op and you drink the water out of the creek and just see who lives? Hold up you a should, glass like the people should, in Flint, Michigan yes. do. Eat his hot peppers and you have to drink that water. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I just wanted to say that Darren's doing what he that does is best a, and charging people more money. <laughs> that is a Big Blue River contributory, and uh, it's, uh, it's good for the, it's the greater good. I, I, was told that, uh, I was told that you have to pay this. They, it wasn't a, a thing of... Well, of course of, it's not optional. It wasn't a thing of, we're cleaning, right, we're cleaning this water supply, so uh, your property taxes will be raised by $25 if unless you decide to opt out, in which case the watershed won't be cleaned. But anyway. All right. That's my only... That's it? Coral. Are you done bitching? Yeah. Well... At least Darren was honest with me, unlike what Mayor York has done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At least he's been, Final he thoughts. sent a letter out and communicated some of his plans. Final <laughs> thoughts for me. A uh, couple of my friends that uh, that I've gotten to know over the years who are way more successful than I am. Uh, Mark Brim, uh, last week's guest, he uh, he met his childhood legend, uh, Bo Duke. Bo Duke, yeah. John Schneider was uh, was in Rushville. Didn't even stop by and say hi to I don't us. know how we got skipped, and we didn't know. Mark knew about it and didn't tell us. He showed up in Russia at the right time. But uh, if, you, uh, if you look, we shared it on our YouTube page, and uh, you can go to Mark Brim's page. Uh, he put together a really neat three-minute video, a lot of fun. Uh, he went in, and I, he forgot how old his kids were in the video. But in spite of that, um, <laughs> I think he's still a pretty good dad. Uh, and he was, he was bragging on his boys to, uh, to, Bo, to, to Bo Duke. So that was pretty cool. Uh, it wasn't, he's not Luke Duke, but Hey, Bo Duke's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and they had the general Lee, uh, parked, uh, parked on the County, County square. And, Kirsten, uh, hold on. Kirsten Cronk just made a comment about me choking the chicken. <laughs> and I would point out that it, you're not allowed to do that. I, I there's laws against chicken. No, and I, I did not understand the innuendo whenever I made it. <laughs> that was not on the purpose. Rest, the rest I was just of, saying that I've killed chickens the rest, before. We shoot this calendar, the, the we're rest, getting a rubber chicken and you're going to The rest of the room definitely got the innuendo. I'm you that right I now. thought that I made a good joke. And then now that I'm see, now that I'm like reading the words for myself, I'm like, ha That was a good God joke. Like, yeah, when I was 14, I used to choke a chicken all the time. I don't know why y'all are laughing. Why is that funny? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so check out Mark Brim's video. And uh, Sarah and I are back on the Amazing Race train. Our friend Rupert Bonham, who was the uh, 2012 Libertarian candidate for governor. Uh, I got to know him when I was running for state rep. Uh, Shelbyville, Indiana. Uh, Rupert, Shelby County. He's on the Amazing Race with his, ra- with his wife. Tune in fast. They finished next to last. They almost got eliminated last night. So uh, oh, geez. get in but and the, watch it. But the they- contestants that had already done the Amazing Race before ended up going home first. Yeah, the ones that want So you pretty, watch it too. Pretty funny. Uh yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's just like basketball. I watched the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> uh go Sparty. All right, that's uh that's enough of this. This has been fun. Next week uh, we're it's a new early week, Tuesday. Tuesday. Not Thursday next week. Travis week, like Budweiser, whatever. 
And we've invited Mark Brim, but now that he's uh, famous, we don't know if we can get him. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying. If not, I guess we'll settle for Cade. I don't know. <laughs> we'll Cade might be time. in the farm. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.